Breadbox Media Programming is brought to you by... Are you looking to serve God and society? Consider putting your gifts to work as a lawyer. Ave Maria School of Law has been educating faith-filled lawyers for over 20 years. Ave Maria School of Law is committed to training lawyers to use law appropriately around the moral issues of our time. Visit AveMariaLaw.edu to learn more about integrating your faith with a law degree. Looking for a way to build daily prayer discipline? Seen the rise in mindfulness meditation, but not sure if it is possible to meditate in a way that's consistent with your Catholic faith? Just looking for a way to breathe new life into your existing prayer routine? No matter what you're looking for, Hollow is here to help. Hollow is a Catholic prayer and meditation app that helps users deepen their relationship with God through audio-guided contemplative prayer sessions. From meditations on the daily gospel to the rosary to daily examines, Hollow has something for everyone. Hollow is the number one Catholic app in the U.S. It is free to download and has permanently free content, but you can also check out all of the premium sessions for 30 days, risk-free, by signing up at www.hollow.app/breadbox. Well, hey everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Lisa Hendy and Friends. So happy to be back behind the microphone this week and to share with you just, I think, a really, really beautiful resource for this moment in time and to share um, somebody that I've long respected and admired. Joining us today on the show is Becky Eldridge. And Becky is an Ignatian trained spiritual director, a retreat facilitator, and a writer with nearly 20 years of ministry experience within the Catholic Church. She's the author of Busy Lives and Restless Souls, and the book we're here to discuss today, The Inner Chapel. Becky's greatest joy is sharing life with her husband, Chris, and her children, Brady, Abby, and Mary. Welcome to the show, Becky Eldridge. Thank you so much, Lisa, and and it is a mutual respect. (laughs) I know we always say it's just such a gift to be here with you. The biggest reason that I have my podcast is just because I'm a fangirl of so many people, and I get to have these awesome conversations. (laughs) And I have to tell you, from the moment that I heard about your book, The Inner Chapel, Embracing the Promises of God, I was was thinking, I really, really, really want to have her on the show. So I'm really grateful to Loyola Press for this book. Um, Before we dive into that, just tell us, we read your bio, but tell us a little bit more about about you and your family and where you are right now in your spiritual journey. Oh, sure. Yeah, so this is, um, I'm calling from Baton Rouge. I live in Louisiana, and um, I love love that part. And every time I smile when somebody reads the bio and it talks about the greatest joy, you know, being a wife and mom, and um, and that that is, and it's just been such, you know, I know so many of us right now, it's um, been a blessing and a challenge at times, but just all these months at home um, with with the kids and Chris have just been such a gift. <laughs> it's gonna it'll be interesting as we keep lit, coming into a new rhythm, you know, in terms of um, school and stuff. But yeah, that's the you know, and I'm just so grateful for the ministry that 
God has called me to in terms of accompanying people and, and inviting people just deeper in their walk with Christ, you know? Yeah, and this book is really special because it's both a teaching book and a primer on spirituality, but it's also very much your story. And we really come to know you through the book and know your family as well. So tell me what what prompted you to write The Inner Chapel? Yeah, well, the, the actual writing of it, I will say, came because of a promise my granddad, um, I called him Bobby, that Bobby asked me um, to make him. And, and my husband and I had just this beautiful opportunity to accompany my granddad through a terminal brain cancer. And um, it's, it was such beautiful grace. I call it a hard grace moment of life. Um, you know, very challenging times that God so taught us so much just about his love and, and the way he companions and cares for us in times of, of great suffering. And um, so one of the last conversations Bobby and I had about, it was probably about 10 days before he died. And we, he was just asleep in his hospice that, you know, he, when I first walked in, he was just kind of sleeping in his hospice bed on his sun porch. And um, he woke up and he just said, you know, I've got some things that we need to talk about. <laughs> and, and one of them was he wanted me to make him this promise. And the, and the promise was um, promise, promise me you'll tell people they are not alone. And promise me you'll let them know about Jesus and let them know um, that they're just that the good news is there, right? That there's a companion in our life. And so I made him that promise. And it wasn't until many months after he passed away, he passed away in February of 2018, um, that I was doing some retreat work with a friend of mine. She and I co facilitate a lot of retreats. And she kept looking at me. And, and at the end of our time of facilitating, she would say, do you hear yourself? And I'm like, no, no. What are you talking about? And she said, you keep talking about the inner chapel and the promises of God. And so it was like, you know, here God gave this moment with my grandfather of making this promise. And then the Holy Spirit kind of just kept inspiring these words. I had, you know, this my friend Stephanie that um, brought, helped me see the words and hear the words that God was giving me. And then from there... Once you know it, I know you know, Lisa, as a writer, you got to write it, right? Yeah. <laughs> when, God, when the words are there and the idea is there and suddenly the stories are there. And so um, once I kind of had that kind of Holy Spirit inspiration, um, it came out. It came out. It's probably the quickest writing I've ever done, um, just in the sense of, it came out of me so easy. I was, I, I'm still surprised how quick, um, it's like it was in me for a long, long time. <laughs> and it was finally like, okay, it is time to come out, you know? Yeah. And I, I totally know that feeling. And usually I'm like, no, no, Lord, no, I don't, yeah. want, <laughs> I don't want to do that. <laughs> no, but it also, yes. it also hearing you say that right now in the midst of what we kind of as, um, as a world are going through, you know, as, as you and I record this, um, you know, we're very much still in the midst of this worldwide pandemic and we, um, we've had so much loss and hurt and pain um, and and many, many lessons to be learned during this time. And I reflected as I was hearing you answer that question just now on how oftentimes 
when we're going through something that really is painful and we really are struggling with it. And our question is always, why God, like, why is, why is this your will? I want to accept your will, but why does it have to be this? That's so very, very hard that it's really nice to see that you can come out of an experience like that and that it's born fruit, but it, you know, it takes a while for that seed that was planted with that conversation with Boppy um, to be watered yeah. and cared for and fertilized and, you know, to creep above the ground and to see the sun and, and ultimately to be in this beautiful work. Tell us what you mean by the inner chapel. Yeah, it, yes. It, well, and I just love what you said. I was thinking of just the gospel, right, of the sower of the seed, too, when you were talking about the seed planted and the, the nurturing and um, just how God brings forth that in our life. And um, even with the inner chapel, when I think about what, you know, first of all, what is it? It's what I call the sacred space within us where God resides. You know, it's truly the space, Emmanuel, right? God with us. And you know, so often I think it's easy for us, I should say, at times to, to, to kind of think that God is far away, like out there somewhere, you know, um, that we can't have access to God, you know, that it's, it's hard, you know, we can't have a personal relationship, you know, and what's so amazing is about the way that God created us is that we're created in a way that we shelter God. And um, like I often think of, the beautiful Mother Mary, you know, and how in the moment where she was literally sheltering Jesus, you know, God within her in her womb, how God at the same time was sheltering her, you know, and that, and that sacred space, like that inner chapel was there feeding her and and how that's still available to us today. I mean, it's, it's just, it's awe-inspiring to me to think about that we have it, that each one of us has this space within us. I think it's well-timed, um, the release of the book also, because for many of us, well, for here here in California, this is, you and I are recording on the week when we've been back at Mass for three weeks, and then all of a sudden this week we hear again from our governor that our churches have to be closed. And um, wow. for so many of us, we think of the word chapel or we think of church and it equates to this building that we go to, you know, a place that we love. Yeah. It's almost like our home. Um, but I love what you've reminded us in this book, which is that Yes, that place is important, but that is not the only place in our life that contains God, um, that we can go and find God and find that rest wherever we are. And I think right now in the midst of, you know, what we're facing um, as a world and as a church, it's really important to be reminded that we can go to our inner chapel any day at any time, right? Yeah. Yeah, well, and, you know, the timing of this book, I mean, the book release date was April 13th, you know, and we, which was a month after, at least here in Louisiana, we, you know, we kind of entered the the first shelter in place March 13th, and I just, I mean, I went round and round, I'm like, God, really? Like, this is the time, like, after all this holy inspiration, like, (laughs) this is when the book comes out, and, and I think, you know, as God so often knows, I mean, I, I, I can now say, yeah, what a great time. Um, little did we know when this book came out, we wouldn't have, like you're saying, our our beautiful physical sanctuaries and, and churches and chapels to, to go pray in. And um, I think this great hope, and, and when people ask me, even right now, Becky, how do, you, how do you have hope right now? 
you know, and one of the things I say is because I know, I know, number one, I am not alone, and I know we are not alone. We're never alone because God's with us right here. And, you know, one of the things, I know I write about it in the book, but it, it's a meditation that comes out of um, St. Ignatius of Loyola's spiritual exercises, is he talks about this moment of the incarnation, and he says, he invites you know, people making the exercises to think about the moment where the Father, Son, and Spirit were looking down on the world and um, basically choosing to send the way the angel to, to Mary, right, for the incarnation to, to happen. And every time I read his words, St. Ignatius' words, and he says, you know, imagine the Trinity looking down at the world and what do they see? And And he invites us to ponder how the Trinity sees people laughing and crying and um, getting married and divorced and, you know, the joy, having moments of joy and sorrow. And every time I read it, it was written 500 years ago. I always think the Trinity sees that in, in our lives right now, you know, and even in this moment of, you know, with the pandemic and, you know, with just all we're holding that God sees what we see and so much more, and is and is with us in it, right? That's the gift of of, of Emmanuel. It's the gift of um, Jesus promising us we'll never be alone. Like I will never leave you orphans. I'm gonna give you the Holy Spirit, and and that's what gives me such great comfort, even in the times that we're living right now. Yeah, there's a chapter that really struck me as the one that um, I most needed to read. I need to read the whole book um, over and over again. But the chapter 14, which is called We Have a Companion in Our Suffering. Um, ooh, that really, um, you wrote this chapter for me, Becky. I hope others enjoy it too. <laughs> and there is, um, there is in this chapter just this beautiful um, prayer um that St. Francis de Sales offered so many years yes. ago in his, um, in his letters, um, that I think is, um, is absolutely, you know, such a balm for this moment. Um, but one thing that you say in the end of that chapter, you have the, the heading suffering makes us compassionate. Can you tell us about that a little bit right now? Because a lot of us are suffering and yeah. we need some understanding of why, you know, why we are meant to go through this and how we can survive it. Yeah, and and it is, and it's important for us to just note about the suffering, Lisa, that that right now there's such a global suffering, and for us to not also lose sight of just the normal, for even stuff that's there beyond the pandemic, before the pandemic started, right, that there's the suffering of um, of so many kinds, like loneliness, mental illness, um, you know, sickness. Um, you know, walking with loved ones that are hurting. And so, you know, just to first just acknowledge um, how compounded that can be right now, holding also this global suffering that we're holding. And and when when I think about the grace that can come of, can, of suffering, compassion, um, I think, too, it's funny when I was writing it, there was a line that I wrote that said something about, you know, that, suffering can make us or makes us compassionate and my editor put a little note and said that it doesn't always it, 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 and so her whole point was 
our suffering can really turn um, into compassion when we bring it to God. You know, and because she, you know, her little notes to me said, don't we both know people that have hardened hearts? You know, and I think that what helps this grace of compassion be born is when we allow God to meet us in our suffering and and really lean on this great companion that we have um, to understand suffering on a deep level, which is Jesus, you know. And so I think what we can do is just be very real in naming what we're going through to God. You know, um, hope to me is not naive. It's not ignorant. It's not optimism, right? Hope starts, like our beautiful virtue of hope, really starts in naming the real to God. You know, letting just like Jesus did, and I know I talk about that in that chapter, just like Jesus did in the garden. You know, he was very real with God in his suffering, like crying out to him, begging for it to pass. And, you know, God met him in that, gave him the grace he needed to get through. And now we've got just someone who has such great compassion for us and that Jesus really understands our suffering. And so for us to just remember that is available to us, right, that if we can open our hearts to God to cry. I mean, and it might be crying out, (laughs) just crying out in tears and anger and exasperation that it it really will see God can come in and help soften our hearts. And then that compassion allows us to walk with others, you know, Um, and, and I always say, you know, there's all, we all have clubs we wish we didn't belong to right? These moments of suffering we've lived through. And and yet, when we allow God to be part of that and use that, um, we can really become great companions and compassionate companions for others who are going through something similar. Um, has that been your experience, Lisa, just oh, the I, life and ministry I, that you've lived? You know? <laughs> I think, I, I hope I aspire to that. Sometimes when I'm in the midst of one of those moments, which I very much am right now, it's hard to see um, your, your way out of the tunnel. But, um, I do recognize yeah. that I've been through those moments and I have clubs, as you say, that I belong to that, um, I wondered if I would escape them and I guess. Yeah. yeah. So I'm still a very much a work in progress. <laughs> I want to, right? and, and for anybody it, out it, there who yeah. feels that way, I sort of want to point you to one of my favorite parts about this book um, is the fact that at the end of every chapter, you have this section called let's go to the inner chapel. And to me, this is where um, if you're somebody who's out there right now and you're listening and maybe, you know, you're nodding your head and you want what Becky describes, but you're not exactly feeling it right now. I think this portion of the book, um, these portions where you kind of walk us through, in a sense, a retreat um, into our inner chapel. It's like you're right there with us um, taking us along and and there's a formula for that. I love that part of the book. How how did you come up with that idea to include those sections? Yeah, you know, I don't know from a writer and, and an editor, because I believe you edit, help edit too. It's, I mean, really, I want to give some um, beautiful credit to Vanita Hampton-Wright, who was my editor. And she, 
she is just a beautiful woman of faith. Um, she's a spiritual director herself, a retreat facilitator. And what she kept telling me was, Becky, just be yourself. <laughs> she was like, J- you are just accompany people, you know? And she said, don't worry about editing. Like, don't worry about how it's going to go. She was like, I just want you to take people like you would on a retreat through, through this. And so, so many of the, let's go to the inner chapel pieces, um, really, again, it's, it's come through that experience of praying through material for a retreat that I've given in the last years, you know, and, and then one by one going, okay, wait, maybe this one fits this fits in here and then some of them too we've uh, just to be honest have kind of come like born out of my own prayer life mm-hmm. um that it that first maybe it was a you know something that a spiritual director helped like guided me to try in my own prayer or maybe it's just something god kind of brought me to in my own prayer and then through the years um you know it's you know how often happens then god's like okay this isn't just for you <laughs> this is share this with others, you know, and, and so then it would come out in, in a retreat or a guided prayer experience. And um, so that's really where they came. And, and I think it's just, again, important for us to remember in our journey of faith that we can read so many books. I mean, obviously, I mean, I'd love people to read my books, but we can never replace the moment of us and God. Right, that there is something so beautiful about allowing God to just intimately tend to us, and and especially like what we're talking about in suffering. And so, you know, my hope is that those prayer experiences at the end, um, to me, they matter more than anything anybody might read. You know, because it's <laughs> like I hope that it brings people really one-on-one to be with God and to let God encounter them and to let them let that space happen that's so beautifully where God um, just pours in love and mercy into another person's life, you know? I do. It's it's just a really beautiful um, resource. Again, the name of the book is The Inner Chapel, Embracing the Promises of God. Um, Becky Eldridge, I'm just, I'm, I'm delighted to have had the chance to visit with you for just a little bit. And I'm, I'm praying for the chance that I can go on one of your retreats someday and just, oh, I, and just uh, spend some time with you <laughs> in person in real life. But until then, I feel like I have you right here in my home with me. And that's a great, great gift. Any closing thoughts that you'd like to share with our listeners? Just to know you're not alone. That as you're hearing this and whatever you are going through, just know, number one, God is with you, so you are not alone. Second of all, just know the one who you are, who you are with is also the one you belong to and who loves you so unconditionally and offers you mercy that you cannot even imagine. Um, so just to, I hope that these promises like that um, just help you anchor in to hope (laughs) and anchor in um, and let there be some things of certainty um, that kind of guide us and can help you hold on firmly to hope as as the uncertainty that we're facing um, probably continues for a little bit. And and just a word of thanks, Lisa, for being here and just for the great gift you have been and are to our church and um, just the inspiration and the way I think you 
continue to witness and model um, using our gifts for the good of the kingdom. Well, it's an honor. And it's, a, it's a, at moments like this, it's a great pleasure. So <laughs> Becky, I'm so yes, grateful for your time. Is. And uh, I'm, uh, friends um, can get a hold of you at BeckyEldridge.com. The, the book is um, from Loyola Press, and we'll have links in our show notes to both Becky's website and your Instagram and Facebook handles and all the great places to get in touch with Becky. Becky, God bless and keep up the great work. Thank you so much, Lisa, and you too. Well, everyone, that is it for this week's episode of Lisa Hendy and Friends. If you've enjoyed the show, um, I hope, or or, let me just say, even if you haven't enjoyed the show, please go over to iTunes and (laughs) and leave me a review or rating just so that I can continue to improve on these conversations. We really do this for you and and for the service of um, helping you to draw closer to to Christ in your life. So thank you for those that have done that. And if you haven't, maybe you can take this week to leave me a review um, for, for the show and help me to share it with even more people. Really grateful for your time. And you can always visit at lisahendy.com to find the entire show notes with our guest bios and all the links we discuss. Until next time, have an awesome week. God bless. Finding someone on an online Catholic dating site shouldn't be like shopping for a blender. So why do most dating sites leave you feeling like you're shopping for a spouse? At Catholic Singles, we connect members through our unique user polls and activities, which help you discover other members and their personalities and interests. Because you're a person, not a profile picture. So stop shopping and start discerning. Trust your love story to the original Catholic dating site and use the promo code BREADBOX at checkout for 20% off at CatholicSingles.com.